0: Welcome to another episode of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. I'm a senior tech service engineer. Hopefully, you know that by now. Today, I have a very, very special, wait, he's not special at all, he's with me here all the time, the director of tech service, Mr. Paul Jamis. Paul, I want to ask how you're doing, but I'm not sure I care right now. (laughs) Well, I am doing fine.
1: (laughs) And it is great to be here with you again.
0: (laughs) So um all four of you we we really want to hear from you. We we are still looking for a name for our Ask a Tech Service Engineer a Question segment. See, it just that that title is bad. So we need a good one. So And we have gotten some recommendations, like two. Yeah, I, and unfortunately,
1: I don't think any of them are will pass through the censors. I think the censors that go through our podcast before we release it would Would Trump any of those recommendations so far?
0: I mean, one of the ideas we had was, uh, what was it, Carbo Ask 123 or something like that. and that's Yeah, it's close, but that was obviously a field engineer's version of a marketing job. So um, we'll try to get a little bit better there. Anyway, we want you to get a hold of us. Get a hold of us at, uh, Paul, how can they reach us?
1: You can reach us by email. You can email us at technicalservice at carboline.com. Put podcast in the subject line. And we'll get you involved. We promise.
0: You just have to pick up your little typewriter, you know, because it's 1985. Send that electric telegram over to us. And
1: and for those of you that can't see, Jack is pretending like he's typing on an old fashioned typewriter. Totally. Just moving around. Clicked it back. For those of you in the 21st century, you can also get us at Twitter. We're at Twitter. Car- what? <laughs> We're at Carbaline Tech at Twitter. You can also hit us all up individually. I'm Paul underscore Carbo TS.
0: And I'm Jack underscore Carbo TS. See what we did there? It's the same thing, just our names. Woo! All right. <laughs> so, Paul, as we went back and we edited and listened through our upcoming interview that we're getting ready to play for everybody, uh, you know, we decided there's really too much good information to, to shorten it. I agree. I agree
1: completely. Sean had some great information and to cut any part of it out would be shortchanging
0: everybody. So this this episode's gonna be a little bit different. The whole episode is going to concentrate on one thing and that's uh, fireproofing with Sean Younger.
1: And keep in mind we're still truly just the tip of the iceberg with this. We are going to have more interviews with him, but this was one nice topic that we were able to keep round up and I think we covered it pretty completely.
0: So today we have the last the loan the last market manager the last jedi if you will the luke skywalker of the marketing department we have our senior fireproofing market manager sean younger in today to talk about our thermosorb products welcome sean morning guys thanks for having me
2: i feel like i should have brought my lightsaber with me this morning
0: so we, we have Sean in today because we want to get into our solvented commercial fireproofing. We want to talk about our ThermoSorb product line. Product so Sean, before we really get into the ThermoSorb products, I, th- I think we should back up a step and talk to people and tell them what an intumescent fireproofing actually is and what it does. Okay, so an
2: intumescent product is basically a passive coating type material. It's applied as part of a, a system with a approved primer over a prepared substrate. It's applied multiple passes. Basically, is a is just a is, a is a passive coating at normal conditions until it reaches about 300 degrees F. At that point, it starts to react. And starts to swell or expand and it creates a, a char layer um, in some cases expands up to 50 times thickness depending on the type of product that expanded char layer is what actually in, insulates the steel and protects the steel for a given amount of time
1: and that expansion that's what we refer to as intumes
2: yes that is the actual intumescent reaction is that that char growth that happens out of the product I'm assuming
1: that what we're looking at is this is a, a formulation property that they think about in advance to say it has to intermess at this thickness or level or expansion to get the different ratings. Is that how they do it?
2: Yeah, I mean, generally there, there's different types of materials. Some can be um, formulated to expand more rapidly or more slowly depending on the, on the performance of the material. But generally they're formulated to to
0: reach a one through a three hour rating. So to oversimplify the whole thing is like here in the Midwest, we like to play with fire and explosives. And when it comes around the 4th of July, everybody goes to the little fireworks, stand on the side of the road and buys hundreds of hundreds of dollars of things that go boom. But one of those things that we always did when we were kids was they would call them snakes. And they look like little miniature hockey pucks. And you would light that little miniature hockey puck on fire and it would turn into a snake. And that would be kind of like an oversimplification of the intumescent process.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly that. That snake uh, being lit and expanding is an intumescent reaction. So, that's a perfect analogy
0: of what these coatings do. So, Sean, can you tell us about our three Thermosorb products the Thermosorb E, the Thermosorb VOC, and the Thermosorb, the brand new Thermosorb 263? Okay, so
2: first of all, all three of these products have all been tested for cellulosic fire performance to ASTM E119 or UL-263. These are the main fire test standards that all commercial fireproofing products have to be tested to. Um, the Thermosorb VOC and Thermosorb 263, which is our new material that's just recently been introduced, are both interior solvent-based materials, and our Thermosorb E is an exterior-rated solvent-based material. So all of these products are all uh, lead V4 compliant, um, that LEED stands for Leadership and Energy Efficient Design, and this is a, a requirement that we see for commercial construction. Um, all of these materials are uh, below the 150 gram per liter uh, requirement set forth by the South Coast Air Quality Management District, which is what LEED V4 uses as their VOC limit. Um, so, all meet that requirement. They've all been tested for VOC emissions testing as well and have all passed. Um, So all of these materials meet all of the requirements for a LEED V4 project and all are VOC compliant for uh, use anywhere in North America.
1: So unlike the statement we have to give you most of the time for most of the other products that we talk about of, sorry, Southern California, you can't use this one. With these fireproofing products, they can. They can be used anywhere.
2: Well, all three of these products have been tested at Underwriters Laboratories um, they've all gone undergone a full fire test program and also an environmental test program. And the fire testing, they're tested on tubes, pipes, wide flange steel, um, in column configurations and beam configurations. And they also undergo a complete environmental test program where these products are either rated for interior or exterior use.
1: So when you say... Tubes and beams. We're talking about like a, a closed cylinder, like it might be a column, it might be a square tubular steel that's used to hold something up, or it might be a pipe. Is that what we're talking about?
2: Yes, like a, a, a wide flange piece of steel would be your typical I-section type okay. steel. Um, that's tested in a column configuration, also for beam configurations. And then a tube would either be obviously a round pipe or a square or rectangular tube. Okay,
1: And I see that we have our our 263 it shares a UL configuration testing is that was that by design was the was the Thermosorb 263 designed for that UL 263 testing
2: um the the main difference between so we have two interior products here we have our Thermosorb VOC and our Thermosorb 263 the Thermosorb VOC its primary um, certification or where I say its best certification thicknesses are for tubulars and columns, okay? Okay. Um, the 263, its strengths are on beams and three-hour columns. That's really the differentiation between those two products. Um, Thermosorb VOC is going to be used primarily on the majority of all columns on projects, and then anywhere where you would have uh, a rating where maybe you get into the two and three-hour beams. Uh, Thermosorb VOC does not have those ratings, so then 263 could fulfill that requirement. Oh, okay. And
0: one of the great things about the Thermosorb 263 is that it gives you that three-hour rating on most steel without having to put any kind of mesh in it, which would save so much in labor at the application point of the process. Yeah, I mean,
2: that that's another thing that we've run into with the Thermosorb VOC. Um, it does require that the high temp mesh, which is a carbon fiber mesh, to be put into the midpoint of the coating um, for three hour ratings on, on on tubular sections. So this 263 product, Thermosorb 263, um, can meet that same requirement with no, without the need for mesh. That's outstanding.
1: So, and I also we've talked a lot. We've mentioned three hour ratings and two hour ratings. I, it sounds like three hour must be the kind of standard high. Range, do they go four, five, six? What's the normal top we see?
2: Um, actually, for most commercial projects, you're you're typically somewhere between one and three hour ratings. Okay. The most common rating being a two hour rating.
1: So three is a typical high standard.
2: It just depends on the, the type of construction per the international building code and the type of building it is. We'll then have an associated fire rating for that type of building.
0: All right. So what I do kind of want to highlight on that. You said for the commercial fireproofing. So that's these are solvented single-component fireproofing products, correct?
2: Yes, and these are only used for commercial-type construction that requires a fire test, like a cellulosic-type fire testing
0: to ASTM E-119 or UL-263. So these are going to be like buildings and stadiums and things like that, not oil rigs. Exactly.
2: So this will, you know, it's, and not even that it could be just commercial buildings, office buildings, retail, um, anything where you're going to have an occupied space. Another big criteria for these intumescent materials are VOC emissions. The idea that these materials will not emit VOCs into the working environment um, after they're installed. Oh, okay. So we've tested all of these products uh, to the latest LEED V4 standards all meet all the requirements as far as voc content and also for voc emissions so
1: those those emissions are for after they're installed but before they've actually performed their function just in their normal airspace okay like a
2: like a outgassing of, of vocs into the environment
0: okay can you expound on why you would choose these thermosaur products versus other products that are on the market well that's a great question and uh the the main benefits
2: of solvent based intumescent products are primarily is that they can be uh, applied in a exposed like marginally protected environment. So most of these commercial buildings when they're being built, you can see them more of like the skeletal type steel structure. Um, we're able to apply solvent based materials while the building is still in its roughed in state where it could be the sides could be open. It just needs to be at least under under cover, under roof. So they can be applied in high humidity conditions. They can be applied in low temperature down to like 41 degrees F, and they have a fast recoat time. So we're looking at, for Thermosorb VOC, you can apply up to 90 mils wet per day. For the other two products, for Thermosorb 263 and Thermosorb E, you're looking at about 70 mils per day. So big advantages over water-based systems, where water-based has to be, uh, only be, first of all, could only be applied down to about 50 degrees F. Anything below that, the material will not dry and you could have sagging issues, things like that. And also the building really needs to be buttoned up. If there's any high humidity, any moisture, obviously it'll make the the water-based materials either not fully dry or could have them just delaminate between coats. Yeah, if the air's saturated, there's nowhere for the moisture to go. Exactly.
0: And, and I think that's something where we really need to hammer home here is because a lot of times with these, you know, we talked about one hour, two hour, three hour, you know, all these ratings. Those are all the different thicknesses and how thick you have to build up these products and being able to put more material on means you're moving through your job faster because, you know, 90 mils a day that obviously we're building more than 90 mils for a system. So the idea with the solvented materials that you can get more on faster really helps your project timeline. Exactly. I mean, that's the main benefit here is scheduling on these sites. We're getting in, we're applying
2: multiple coats rapidly, um, some of these water-based materials and, and with solvent-based as well, you're not just talking about a, a one or two coat application. In some cases, you could be up to 10 coats, 15 coats, um, depending on you know if you're looking at a three-hour rating. You know, if you're looking at a one-hour rating with Thermal Sorb, you could get there in one or two coats, and you could do that in one day. So a lot of benefits to the solvent-based materials. They're they're much more user-friendly in that regard. Um, so you know, for the fast track projects. Scheduling when people want to get get the fireproofers in there and get these uh, areas applied. Solvent-based materials offer offer benefits that water-based materials cannot meet. So, being that they're
1: solvented and still meet all of the lead and VOC requirements really is a big accomplishment. It's a big benefit to everybody who's involved in this process.
2: Absolutely, and that was one of the big reasons when we uh, introduced these products. We wanted something that would come out that would meet all, meet all of these lead V four requirements. Meet all the VOC restrictions that we see. And
0: uh, I think we've done it with these two products. So we, we've talked a lot about 263 and VOC, both with the Thermosorb name. Let's touch on Thermosorb E a little bit, exterior. The Thermosorb E product was fully exterior rated by UL,
2: which is Underwriters Laboratories. Um, so this product is is unique that it's able to withstand full exterior exposure. Obviously, the name Thermosorb E, the E stands for exterior um, this product can be completely applied and dry and cure in a complete exterior environment. And I'm assuming you can still use it inside if you were looking for one product to use both ways? Absolutely. So really for most of these projects we're probably going to be using a tandem of these uh, materials so you could probably kind of cherry pick which product would be best for certain types of applications but generally the the thermosorb b would only be used for exterior unless like you said if you wanted to use a single product mm-hmm. um, but you're usually going to have a little bit better thicknesses for your interior steel with a voc or 263 material. and when
1: when you're looking at things that are being applied this thick thickness matters and how fast you can get back on it. And I'm so I'm sure they're going to look to do the most cost-effective way to do each one of these applications. So naturally, they would go to something that they can do it with a lower thickness or faster recoat, and that might cost them a little bit less to actually apply that one.
2: Absolutely. And, and one thing I want to touch on is all these products are sprayed through the exact same equipment. There's a little bit variance in the tip sizes and things like that. But uh, your, your setup, we, we normally recommend in like a Graco Mark V Type of air, uh, electric airless setup, and that can spray really it could spray any of our thin film intumescents on the Carboline line.
0: So you're getting outstanding fire protection, and you're not having to get a big old. You know, a lot of times when people hear fireproofing application, they think of these big expensive hundred thousand dollar pumps, and and it's not that for these materials. No, it's I mean, really the that greatco piece of equipment I mentioned
2: is really a, an awesome piece of equipment, and we can we even spray some of our epoxy materials through there as well so it's very versatile pump and uh, um, that's, that's our, our, our biggest recommendation right there
0: Well, Sean, I I hope you enjoyed your time here. We really enjoyed having you. It's one of the best uh, conversations we've had about a product so far with anybody. To you, four of you out there listening to this thing, (laughs) we hope you like Sean too, because when we talk about fireproofing, we're going to club Sean over the head, drag him in here, and make him talk to us about fireproofing. Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Sean. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the CarboLine Tech Service Podcast. You could always reach us at technical service at
1: carboline.com. You can also catch us on Twitter at CarboLineTech at Jack underscore CarboTS. And I'm at Paul underscore CarboTS. It'd be nice to hear from somebody there. <laughs> Who put the line in Car-
0: I'll come back now, you hear?